this is a patient of ours that when I started uh, my practice in Fort Lauderdale, they called me from Channel 10. And they knew, they had research, and they were looking for a dentist, and they said, your dentist that we chose uh, because of your reputation in cosmetic dentistry, we would like to make a makeover with this patient. Would you be interested? And I said, well, why don't I meet the patient? Oh, they're thinking the patient needs veneers. So you tell me. Young people get sick too. So this is what came up. Wow. So she has a maxilla that is protruding 10 millimeters out. And that is very advanced. So in her mandible was intruded 10 millimeters in. So she had a, an excess going out and, a, and not enough going on the bottom. So she was collapsed. So the medical treatment that she received by her doctors for three years was she was on antibiotics for three years for respiratory infection. Three years of antibiotic, she was taking codeine liquid because she couldn't stop coughing. So this is the patient they brought from Channel 10. Wow, not like you know you see on dental makeover. This is a surgical case, very advanced case. So this is what we found. Our dental findings was she had moderate periodontal infection at 27. She had pockets that were deeper than five and six. Some of the teeth were rotted with decay. Um, she, uh, the vertical dimension, which is the, 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 the distance between the upper maxilla and the lower maxilla, is supposed to be 18 millimeters. She was totally collapsed at 11 millimeters. So she had misaligned teeth. And the reason why they brought her from Channel 10 is because she was a producer. She had to work in the room with other producers. And they could not be in the same room because the uh, bacterial infection was so severe that they could not breathe. So we had to exterminate the office after, you know, everyone, when she came in. The first thing we did was we treated her gum infection. Most people that have periodontal disease are not aware, and they have uh, what we call halitosis, which is bad breath. So sometimes I have patients that say, oh, can you tell my, my husband that he has bad breath? I'm not, no. I'm not gonna only tell him that he has bad breath, we're gonna take care of it, we're gonna reverse it, we're gonna find out the, the root cause of the bad breath, right? because it could be sinus infection, it could be periodontal infection, it could be a, a rotted tooth, it could be uh, a dead tooth, like a root canal tooth, it could be something from the intestine or the gut, and, and we find out the root cause and we help the patients. So this is her. She had also tetracycline staining. So she had deficiencies, this is her, and that's her. So periodontal disease is a silent killer. It's infection, it's inflammation, and then if you are having a C-reactive protein, everything is fine, but it might be gum disease. 
that that is an, an indicator. Dental disease have a greater possibility of being diagnosed with heart disease than those without periodontal disease. Researchers suspect that's because inflammation is a characteristic of both periodontal and heart disease. Bleeding gums, a sign of periodontal disease, are open wounds that allow the bacteria to enter your bloodstream. One cause of heart disease is a buildup of plaque in the arteries that, over time, can restrict the flow of blood. Periodontal bacteria have been found in that plaque, which leads many researchers to believe there might be a relationship. In addition to building up, the plaque in the arteries can rupture, forming a clot. The clot can block blood flow and trigger a heart attack. The same thing can happen in your brain. If the bacteria settle in your carotid artery, the inflammation may lead to the buildup of fatty deposits. And if these deposits break apart and are carried away in your bloodstream, they can lodge in your brain, block a blood vessel, and cause a stroke. You may also be at risk if you've had damage to your heart or heart valve, certain congenital defects, a history of endocarditis, an artificial heart or heart valve, or have had a heart transplant. The reason why we bring up the periodontal disease is because 99.9% .9 of the patients that come through the doors in our practice have periodontal disease. Periodontal disease is contagious. That means that if you have it, and or your spouse has it, or your boyfriend has it, or your girlfriend has it, you know what? Before you start dating, bring the person for a cleaning. <laughs> Why not? Well, before we kiss, I have a requirement, right? Honestly, because then you have periodontal disease, and periodontal disease is a silent killer. I want to share with you uh, one of the latest research that you know we, we, we found that are linking periodontal disease to cancer. So this is a book that I highly recommend if you guys want to have a really good read, it's easy read, is Thomas Levy, and he's a cardiologist, very renowned cardiologist, and he is a doctor that became an attorney. And he worked under the um, mentorship of Dr. Hal Huggins for eight years. He worked with Dr. Huggins because he couldn't believe his eyes as a cardiologist. What they did, they did biopsies and they did bacteriological studies of the amount of people that have periodontal disease and heart attacks. And he was 97%. So as a cardiologist, he was, I love him because I have spoken to cardiologists and they could care less to tell the patients to go to the dentist and get a cleaning. As simple as that. Because they don't have time. I don't have time for that, Yolanda. But how can you not have time? I'm a dentist and I'm telling them about the heart. I only have 10 minutes for patient because insurance. So... That's sad, isn't it? So we're supposed to help people and, and share the knowledge that we have. So that's why I have a great respect for Dr. Levy because he has written a book that is teaching the public about the things that the cardiologists should be telling them, but they're not. So it's your responsibility. And th this is what he was sharing with us um, 
And last, uh, we were in Vermont in a meeting uh, with the International Organization of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, um, September 6, 7, and 8, and he was the first speaker, and he is just awesome. And he was sharing about the uh, vitamin C chelation therapies and uh, the advantage of that uh, for cancer treatments, and he is just fabulous. But I wanted to share about this book because it identifies a particular bacteria that is found in all the patients that they did studies with heart attacks, arthrosclerosis, breast cancer, and other amazing cancers. I just couldn't believe it. It's called the Fusobacterium. So it's a significant periodontal pathogen, but when you see the DNA biopsy and it's red, you know you're in trouble. Okay, so the, this, the, um, the simple advice that I give you so you don't have to become a doctor to be a patient is see your hygienist every month, no more than two months. Because if this was a bacterium grows and goes into your bloodstream, it's going to kill you. So it's very simple. Have a good hygienist that you, that you trust and that is gentle and it's not going to hurt you and it's going to clean you up. So this is information about this bacteria. We're not going to go into it because we don't have to make you doctors today. But it says that in the DNA report that is being isolated from the amniotic fluid, the placenta, and the chorioamniotic membranes of women delivering prematurely. What that means to me is that if a woman is pregnant and a woman has gum infection, that's going to go to the baby. We already know that women that have periodontal disease go into premature labor already. So this is another added information. So your baby is going to be born with a disadvantage if you don't have your gums cleaned up. So just go to the hygienist, get it clean. This is a, one of our patients, and she was uh, diagnosed with uh, stage 4 ductal breast carcinoma. And you can see the fusobacterium right here at red levels, and over here is a blue level, but this one here is bad enough. Besides that, we have a whole lot of things that are going on. And usually when you do a DNA biopsy, you want to see everything blue. Having that amount of red cannot be good. And she's a young woman. She is a strong woman. So we are excited to, you know, pray for her and encourage her to just trust God with her healing. This is, um, we are seeing a lot of Alzheimer patients and people that are experiencing uh, dementia. So we know that mercury is a neurotoxin and that it has an impact. So this patient was brought up, the family brought her, this is what we found. If you notice on the, that side, the bone, the size of the bone, after I removed the bone, she had advanced periodontal disease, she had a tooth that maybe somebody tried to remove but they were not successful so the root was there. So when you look at this, you see the infection right here. So this is her mouth and her brain is above it. So you know that she's at a disadvantage because she has periodontal disease 
all that bacteria going to her brain, and also she has a bone that's called a tori that has grown as a response of her body, you know, uh, forces of mastication, clenching, and, but in her case is very abnormal. She had sleep apnea, obviously, there's no room for her tongue, so she came from the Bahamas in her late 70s, and we removed everything, and she now can actually breathe. She's, this is a 58-year-old female, and she came because she wants to have a winning smile. She was not really concerned about periodontal disease or any infection, but she did have high blood pressure, not taking medication, stomach problems. So we know by looking at this, you don't have to be a dentist, that if you have infected gums and they're open, you have all that bacteria going to your heart. So when you get a deep cleaning, you're getting this visible plaque that's under your gum removed by the hygienist. Bone loss on the x-rays. She wanted to do what's visible to the eye. She's a cosmetic patient. I could not convince her to get the mercury out on the back or the gold. This is another patient. He lost 150 pounds. He had advanced periodontal disease. When I told him he needed a denture, he cursed me and left, but he came back. He was very angry. But, you know, he came back, um, and then I, I, uh, we did the removal of everything. We were able to save some of the bottom teeth and, and, and break him, and he's so happy. You can see it on the photo. His wife saw me in a restaurant, and she came and embraced me because she can kiss her husband with that infection. It's kind of hard because of the bad odors. And so this is, you know, his case before. Daily oral care, you know, the doctor went over brushing, flossing, education, you know. This is a patient that we have in common, Dr. Huxtable. And then she came with TIAs, right? And she had mercury, she ended up doing her mouth. And the reason I put her in is because she did not know she had sleep apnea. So when we were treating her, we were able to monitor her heart and her CO2 levels, the oxygenation to the brain was inadequate and it was showing sleep apnea. So after we uh, did her attempts, we said you have to go to a sleep center, you have to be treated for sleep apnea. And she did. Fortunately, sleep apnea is something that can be treated, detected, and save your life. Or if you do not know that you have sleep apnea and you don't treat it, you can actually die in your sleep. So this is a, a case study of a male breast cancer. And he came from Colorado. He was looking for a biological dentist and it just happened that a patient of mine was in Colorado having dinner with him and I just had done work on him, and he said, you have to fly to Fort Lauderdale. So these are the chief complaint from him. He wants the mercury out, chronic sinus infection, autoimmune disease, rheumatoid arthritis, hyperactivity, attention deficit, deficiency in absorption of calcium. I did a, a um, test on him because I noticed that, you know, we did a surgical extraction and his body was eating my, my calcium. What I was putting in, the body was eating. I said, whatever you're taking is not working. 
He said, oh, I take calcium every day. I said, well, obviously it's not working. So this is what we found. He had a root canal on the meridian of the breast. And he had breast cancer on the left side, which is the side of the root canal. A guy with breast cancer. So how common is that? So the sinus infection and the function of the bone not only destroyed the sinus on the left side, it went all the way to the right side. So that sinus problem that he thought he was having, it was the actual tooth that was infecting the sinus. So <clears throat> this is him before, this is him after. You see that he has misaligned mandible and maxilla. So this is what we find when we remove some of the root canals. If you take a look at this, it doesn't look good, huh? So what you're looking at is a little pimple. The patient says, I have a little pimple, doctor, above my gum, but I don't know what that is. Well, what that is is an infection on the bone. The body is trying to get rid of this root canal, and then it has an abscess. So this is how it looks on the radiograph or a CT scan. And then this is how it looks when I remove the gum. When I peel off the gum of the bone, you see the actual abscess. And you see the little pimple? You see the little pimple here? Right? That's the little pimple. That means that it's actively eating the bone. It went into the gum and it ate the gum too. So the body's trying to excrete. The bacteria are eating the bone and they have to go poo. So the pus is the poo. It comes out on the face, and that doesn't taste good or smells good. So we have here the measurement of that uh, cyst right here on this one, and you can measure it. It's over 10 minutes. And then this is after the removal of the cyst, and then we send those things for biopsy, and we get a DNA biopsy bacteriological report. So he's speaking about Every root canal tooth that may look healthy are infected. This is a statement. With carcinogenic bacteria and neurotoxins. Hundreds of patients with chronic disease were healed only once the teeth were removed. All root canal teeth are removed before accepting a patient for treatment at the Paracelsus Clinic in Switzerland. So, like Dr. Huxtable, not that many people have the integrity to reject a patient for treatment if they don't follow those instructions. But they won't do it. They say, no, we have a waiting list. If you don't want to be real, we won't take you, and they have to go somewhere else. So he's speaking about a patient that had breast cancer a second time, and then they wanted to do chemo, and she said, over my dead body, I'd rather die than do chemo again. So she went to the Paracelsus Clinic, and then after they, she had an issue, uh, she doesn't want to take the teeth out, and he said, well, then good luck. So she accepted treatment, and this is four years after the dental uh, toxins were removed. She's still alive as of January that he shared this. So like Dr. Rao, we have found that the DNA biopsy reports, they show positive to infections with advanced ranges of toxicity. So when we do uh, a culture, we see movement of bacteria, and we see spirochetes and parasites, everything. It shows up if we do a um, 
you know, just culture of the mouth. So this is what we find, and these are the things that are related to spirochetes. Lyme disease is one of them, tetraponema, with syphilis, and these are things that we see in our practice. And this is how it looks in the dental world, from the dental x-rays and the dental. So this is an EKG on the bottom that shows the functioning of the heart. And we have found people with atrial fibrillation uh, because of the mercury toxicity or the metal, heavy metals in their mouth. Um, so when you see a DNA, it says here on the top, nine or greater indicates a serious risk. So I'm gonna show you the line of nine, so you know. So this is nine, this is the line of nine, everything over here is serious risk. So this particular patient, tooth number 13 is related to the breast meridian. The breast meridian is on the 13, this patient has breast cancer, and then she has the, the, uh, all the different types of bacterial attacks. And then on this particular one, she has 23 attacks. We remove quite a few teeth with root canals. And this one has 18 attacks. So how many attacks do you wanna be fighting, right? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So it's no surprise that she was so sick. Not only she had root canals, but she had advanced periodontal disease. And these are, she had amoebas which is a parasite. So this information I share with her doctors because the doctors have to develop a specific plan of action. How are they gonna handle these different microorganisms? Does that make sense to you? You know, you cannot take one thing when it's, it's something else. So it has to be very specific to, uh, you know, the, the care. We have spoken about mercury. Mercury is a neurotoxin and long time ago when they used to be having these hats made, the people that actually made the hat go stiff, it was using mercury, they would develop uh, tremors and neurological conditions, and that's why it's called mad, mad hatter disease, and then you know they call you like, you're mad, you're crazy, is because uh, mercury is linked to neurological uh, and depression, emotional issues, adrenals, and all that. So this is more, um, for a, a medical, you know, speaking about how the molecules work and you know how it affects iron and all that. So I don't want to bore you with chemistry. Well, experiments by scientists at the University of Calgary's Faculty of Medicine now reveal, with direct visual evidence from brain neuron tissue cultures, how mercury ions actually alter the cell membrane structure of developing neurons. To better understand mercury's effect on the brain, let us first illustrate what brain neurons look like and how they grow. In this animation, we see three brain neurons growing in a tissue culture, each with a central cell body and numerous neurite processes. At the end of each neurite is a growth cone where structural proteins are assembled to form the cell membrane. Two principal proteins involved in growth cone function are actin, which is responsible for the pulsating motion seen here, and tubulin, a major structural component of the neurite membrane. During normal cell growth, tubulin molecules link together end to end to form microtubules, which surround neurofibrils, another structural protein component. This would be important to you axon. if you are 
or somebody you love is dealing with dementia, Alzheimer's, and neurological conditions like MS, and neurological things like ranging from snails to humans, have identical structural and behavioral characteristics and use proteins of virtually identical composition. In this experiment, neurons also isolated from snail brain tissue were grown in culture for several days, after which very low concentrations of mercury were added to the culture medium for 20 minutes. Over the next 30 minutes, the neurite membrane underwent rapid degeneration leaving behind the denuded neurofibrils seen here. In contrast, other heavy metals added at this same concentration, such as aluminum, lead, cadmium, and manganese, did not produce this effect. To understand how mercury causes this degeneration, let us return to our illustration. As mentioned before, tubulin proteins link together during normal cell growth to form the microtubules which support the neurite structure. When mercury ions are introduced into the culture medium, they infiltrate the cell and bind themselves to newly synthesized tubulin molecules. More specifically, the mercury ions attach themselves to the binding site reserved for guanosine triphosphate, or GTP, on the beta subunit of the affected tubulin molecules. Since bound GTP normally provides the energy which allows tubulin molecules to attach to one another, mercury ions bound to these sites prevent tubulin proteins from linking together. Consequently, the neurite's microtubules begin to disassemble into free tubulin molecules, leaving the neurite stripped of its supporting structure. Ultimately, both the developing neurite and its growth cone collapse, and some denuded neurofibrils form aggregates or tangles, as depicted here. Shown here is a neurite growth cone stained specifically for tubulin and actin, before and after mercury exposure. Note that the mercury has caused disintegration of tubulin microtubule structure. These new findings reveal important visual evidence as to how mercury causes neurodegeneration. More importantly, this study provides the first direct evidence that low-level mercury exposure is indeed a precipitating factor that can initiate this neurodegenerative process within the brain. So the reason why I put that is because you cannot make these things up. They have done studies with actual brains of people that have passed away and they have done um, the studies of the brains. And they have found that a brain that is mercury toxic has the same uh, patterns as somebody that has Alzheimer's. So the same um, tubulins, uh, they are missing. So that's something to think about. Aluminum is, you know, very, people are concerned about aluminum and dementia, but mercury is way more toxic. So our concern is, in our profession, my motivation would be that dentists would become more aware that when they're removing mercury, you know, and now it's required by the EPA to have the um, canisters that collect the mercury. We have had that for 20 years. But, you know, as a dentist, we have to become responsible of the exposure of that mercury that's going into the water, main water, in the ocean where the children are swimming, and then the fish are fish, you know, the whole thing. We are all one planet, so we have to protect the planet. We are all one. We really, you know, the Bible says that we are all one, one body. 
So it would be foolish for the hand to tell the eye, I don't need you, and poke it out. So we have to really raise the level of awareness in our communities that if the mercury goes into the ocean, not only is it going to affect the fish that we eat, and then the fish, you know, I have to avoid tuna that I love because tuna is a big fish, and big fish, you know, have a lot of mercury contents. So I have been exposed enough to mercury that I cannot have the luxury of eating fish that has mercury. So, um, you know, it, it's something for you to think about. And this is... Uh, with silver fillings, leak substantial this is uh, something else you can find on the internet. It shows the papers of the mercury coming out of the tooth. It's really cool because people think that this, not, this is a tooth that had a mercury filling 20 years ago. And you can see the mercury coming out. There are variants with the published peer-reviewed scientific evidence to the contrary. The fumes are coming out. The precautionary principle requires action once the possibility of harm exists. It does not require proof beyond a shadow of a doubt, but in the case of heavy metal, so can and you see that? Exposure is both so if you have mercury fillings and you eat, you're chewing that four micrograms every time you is chew. mercury vapor coming off a 25-year-old silver amalgam filling in an extracted tooth. The background is a phosphorescent screen. The mercury vapor absorbs the fluorescent light, and you can see it as a shadow on the screen. A lot of sources of mercury. So where do we get that? They use it for gold mining, the amalgam fillings. The fish have it, bioaccumulation. It has an impact on your mental and emotional symptoms. Short-tempered, close-minded, easily agitated. So dentists are the number one profession in suicide. Why? because the stress of a dentist compared to a neurosurgeon? No, I believe it's because of the neurotoxicity damage that the exposures of heavy metals have on the dentist and their behavior. <clears throat> heavy metal exposure also from your core exhaust, sushi, farm fish, tuna, cheese. And these are all articles. 60 Minute had a whole 60 Minute um, presentation and they had to take it off the air and these are all things but now you know it's uh, pretty much mainstream EPA internationally dictated all dentists have to have the mercury remove you know the mercury um, protection for their employees and it affects brain function you cannot tell a patient that has depression to go to therapy for mercury poison, right? People say, oh, you're depressed because your life. No, it's because you have mercury toxicity. We ask the patients about sleeping patterns and waking patterns, you know, um, because that's gonna tell us a clue. If somebody has inability to sleep, you know, we wanna know about all those things. No therapist is going to be able to talk the mercury atoms into being nice and coming out. So amalgam removal protocol in our practice, we combine different, you know, we have created our own way of doing it. And uh, for you guys that, you know, have never seen this, the important part is to isolate the mercury, put oxygen on the patient, 
and make sure that is not being exposed. These are all the different related diseases to mercury. And because we're short on time, right? Atrial fibrillation, foggy thinking, root canals, mercury toxicity, thermography showing redness, removal of root canal, prostate issues. And these are different tests that are diagnosing prostate issues that have nothing to do with dental stuff. Saying mercury affects the neurotransmitters, as you can tell. Somebody with mercury toxicity is going to be very low in serotonin, dopamine, and all the different things that affect your behavior. This is a 23andMe report on that patient, and it says glutathione is affected also. The production of glutathione it gets affected on a patient that has mercury toxicity. So glutathione is the main antioxidant that your body produces. And uh, I just want to give you a little uh, you know, taste of the things that we do. These are different tests that are going to show how the organs, the PSAs go up. You know, it's more for a medical thing. So this is a patient that I chose because is uh, we have that patient in common, doctor. So she, he's a 77-year-old. He's a doctor, and he came with these symptoms. Periodontal disease, heart disease, gastrointestinal problems, and this is what we found. Rampant decay under all the restorations, mercury, toxic metals, three wisdom teeth decayed, periodontal disease, this is the DNA testing. His heart was working at 25%. The echogram was indicating 25%. And then after the removal of all the toxins in the mouth and working with Dr. Hoxable and using the beamer as a, a, a helper to microcirculate, increase the microcirculation of the blood flow because a person that the heart is not working right or a person that has cholesterol, they need a beamer, right? So this patient, I did all the surgeries because his life is depending on it. He doesn't have a lot of time. We went in, I called the cardiologist, I said, okay, his heart is at 25% functioning. Um, can I do this advanced surgery, remove all the teeth, the mercury, the metals, the toxins, the root canals, the gum disease? And he said, there's nothing else I can do. So you do what you need to do, and then we did what we needed to do uh, with Dr. Huxable's uh, amazing help. And this is what we found in the DNA biopsy. We found bacteria that was causing abscesses in the mouth, lung, and the gastrointestinal. We found also that the patient had bacteria that cause endocarditis, bacteremia, UTI, meningitis, causes stomach problems, the amoebas on the top, and then, bingo, we found one that eats the heart bombs. So we told the patient, what do you want to do? And he said, let's just do it. 
We saw him at 9 o'clock the next morning after the treatment. He was standing tall. He had color on his face. I was exhausted. I almost fainted when I saw him. I'm like, he's 77. He's here. I said, Gary, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm exhausted. He said, I slept like a baby and I feel awesome. So what happens is he came a month after to get all his restorations and his pulmonary reconstruction with his wife. And guess what? His heart is functioning a month after at 45%. It went from 25% to 45%. And that's a testimony for God's power, God's healing, Dr. Huxtable's efforts, and all the things that are adjunctive, helping the patient have a blood flow and that is going to detoxify because where the beamer comes in to play is how are you going to get rid of the toxins if you don't have the proper circulation and your heart is not beating right? So by removing the toxins. So I, I love Gary and I am very thankful. So my question to you is, what is the root cause or causes of his particular medical condition? He had electricity, he had toxicity, he had bacteria, he had uh, fusobacterium that causes heart condition as well. So some of you have uh, come and asked me about the root canals, you know, what do we do when we remove a tooth that has a root canal? How do we restore the jaw? Um, some people have gold crowns and they have mercury underneath. This is a diabetic patient for 40 years and after we remove all the root canals out of the meridian of the pancreas, actually the patient uh, was, is, is an unbelievable story. So. I was down from 70 units of insulin to um, six units of insulin. And I've been on six units for about three months now and I couldn't get past the hump so they uh, I had a dent, regular dentist appointment and got my teeth cleaned and I've had a tooth the I believe it was the number two tooth that needed um, taken out um, for since 1998 or 99 and I've never had it taken out. It had a root canal and it uh, cracked and it had infection. I decided to take all the mercury out of my mouth and uh, not only take the number two tooth but the one next to it because the infection had spread and uh, I lost a lot of teeth <laughs> and uh, you know they, they I just I feel a lot better than I felt when I walked in. They weren't, I didn't notice anything. Um, I had been on this really strict regimen with Dr. Earhart, which took away, I was on insulin, and I were two different types of insulin. I was uh, on uh, two different types of cholesterol medicine and uh, synthroid medicine. And in that 15 months, I was down to six units of insulin, no cholesterol medicine at all. And the only medicine that I was taking was a very small dosage of Synthroid that I've been taking for 35 years. 
and now I'm on a regimen of a lot of vitamins and minerals. No, no insulin. Since I've left, since I had all the teeth problems taken, there is no insulin. I have no insulin whatsoever, and I am down to um, less than um, probably 750 milligrams of metaphor. Metaphor, pretty much. You yes. beat diabetes. Just about. <laughs> Just about. When I can, uh, when I can get rid of the metformin, then I will be no longer diabetic, and I've been diabetic for 30, 35 years. Lost uh, 60 pounds. Um, almost 60 pounds. And, uh, I feel a lot better than I did uh, when I started this uh, 16 months ago. Just, uh, when I started with Dr. Hart, um, he's a phenomenal doctor, and uh, he found um, Dr. Zintra, and she's a phenomenal doctor. He just can't um, bother him, uh, because Dr. Hart is a gift from God, and so is Dr. Hart. That's so, you know, it's kind of low, the volume on that. So um, she is a patient that was referred by a doctor from New Jersey. He came to interview me to see how I did the actual reconstructions and the surgeries and bone reconstruction with plasma rich growth factors. So um, what we did was all these teeth that had root canals, we sent for biopsy, and the DNA uh, report of the biopsy was reporting the kind of bacteria that was related to all her medical treatment. Um, she had had colon cancer, um, so we see tooth number 31 is connected to the large intestine, and uh, tooth number 29 and 30 are connected to the meridian that's connected to the organs that are related to the pancreas. So that's large intestine. She had also her, her gallbladder removed instead of tooth number 29. So I always ask the patient, do you want the organ removed or you want the tooth removed? Because we have enough uh, scientific data that is backing up the toxicity of the root canals. This is a very controversial conversation. And uh, you know, the patients that are sick, that get well after the removal of the toxic loads in the mouth, they are a living testimony for those things. So they are really the patient advocates and they're educating the doctors and the people that are there, uh, out there. So tooth number 29 is connected to the gallbladder. We removed that. And then uh, she had been diagnosed with um, a condition that usually is a temporary condition and it's right here, it's called Bell's palsy. So when you get Bell's palsy, it's related to a bacterial uh, infection, but it's a temporary, but she had it since she was a teenager, and uh, now she, in this photo, she was 64 years old. So as soon as we went and got the tooth that had mercury, number 13, we got the mercury, and the mercury was into the nerve, as soon as we got that out, the face asymmetry got corrected. So she had that uh, facial asymmetry for s most of her life. 
She also had a lot of different marrows, uh, causing oral galvanism. As you can tell, she had root canals on tooth number two, three, and a metal on tooth number five, and that's the large intestine. And also, she was taking thyroid medication. So as soon as we remove all the toxic loads, she had a miracle occurring on her medical history where these are uh, ceramic implants, so we were able to uh, restore her functioning. So these are the cases that, you know, are on the believe it or not history in a book because who's going to believe that somebody with diabetes for 40 years is going to be off their medication after removing the root canals that are connected to that. You know, it's like I didn't learn that on dental school. So, this is a very, very um, published uh, case of myasthenia gravis of a woman that after removing the mercury, she went into the um, emergency room and almost died. Uh, we did Clifford testing. She was referred to us by um, a, an organization in Washington that helps patients uh, get guidance about the toxicity of metals. And she actually is uh, related to one of the doctors in town. Um, they knew about stuff like that, but she did not think that her niece had any mercury. So we did Clifford testing on her because, you know, if she's allergic, she almost died already and she has quadruplets. Um, she's a very high risk patient. So these are the things that she was diagnosed with, which is quite and this is the tooth that we remove. And that tooth is connected to the thyroid. One of her diagnoses is Hashimoto's. And also tooth number 24. And all the teeth are connected to the medical history of the patients. So is that a coincidence? So, you know, while you're here, you know, and listening to all this different information, and if you think of somebody in your family or your friends that are struggling with health issues and they don't know what's the root cause, maybe it's in their mouth. This is what happens when a tooth cannot be saved. We removed the tooth with a laser and we decontaminate the areas. We use a very comprehensive way of uh, rejuvenating the bone. We use plasma rich growth factor to reconstruct the bone and the jaws. <clears throat> we do this in the office and we have been doing it for over 10 years. We went, I went to Spain to be trained and now it's becoming more popular. People are doing facelifts, you know, with plasma and um, vampire facelifts and all these different things are becoming uh, quite popular people are doing uh, plasma, you know, rich growth factor for hair growth and wrinkles and all sorts of things. So this is a type of um, uh, ceramic implant that we can put, and we have been doing it over ten years. So this is the area where it got reconstructed. We waited four months and then we did the implant. So the patient can actually have function. It's a very beautiful implant and it's very um, uh, biocompatible. And then 
the patient has a functioning uh, tooth because each tooth has a function and some teeth do 80% of the functioning so if you lose a tooth then you cannot chew or masticate your, your teeth. I was supposed to finish that at lunch. <laughs>